Hey friends, this is Kelsey Jo Hillis, photographer, entrepreneur, wife, mom, and recovering people pleaser. This is my podcast, Picturing Purpose, where I have meaningful and authentic conversations with people from all different walks of life. My hope with this podcast is that you find encouragement, lean on faith, and trust God's purpose for your life. We will have a brand new episode for you every other Wednesday. So with that in mind, let's jump into this week's episode of Picturing Purpose. Hello, Purpose Preachers. This is Kelsey Joe with Picturing Purpose. Today, I have Jessica J. I just want to call you Jessica J. I, I, I'll allow that. Okay. Thank cool. J, period. <laughs> Jessica J, period. <laughs> I'm getting a new identity today. Yes. <laughs> So I have Jessica here with me today because you have a publishing business, Yes, correct? Correct. And it's called Abound Publishing? Yes, Abound Publishing, Okay. Yes. And you do something else too, right? Like a kid's pastor? You know, what, what's uh, that? in my free time, I'm also, <laughs> yeah, right. by day, uh, I am a children's pastor. I do have lots of hats that I am wearing currently. Mm-hmm. Wife, mom, children's pastor, author, publisher, it sounds way wow, cooler, yeah. actually, than what it, it yeah. is. It's it's pretty, um, it's yeah, it's it's cool, but it's not sleep? that cool. Yes, actually, I, I make sure awesome. and uh, pencil that in yeah. to my daily regimen. That's good. Yes, I know. So, sleep is important. I feel like because of my resume of like just all the things that I do, people assume that my life is just like super fun. Oh and yeah, like you yeah. know, like celebrity status. Oh, one hundred percent. And I'm like, I sit on my couch and watch princess movies with actually, my daughter. Yeah. Actually, we made all kinds of dinosaur motions yeah. and sounds yesterday for about 30 minutes on the floor. So we played with if that's cool, last night then yes. On the floor. So. The coolest. Yeah. Most of the time, not so cool. Yeah. And I mean, so and there's a lot of times where I'm not doing anything and yeah, I'm, absolutely. you know, bored and, yeah. you know, and I sometimes don't get invited to things. So, yeah, absolutely. you know. I'm a Still, part of the yeah, lonely start, group too. Start uh, both, both and. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel too. Of like, and just balancing too. Of, do I want to do this or do I want to stay home? But not wanting to always stay home. It would be easy to always stay home, but not wanting to do that. I'm an extrovert by, mm. just no, nature. Didn't, yeah, didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah. It's really shocking to anyone who yeah. knows me. Um, I figured you were an introvert. Yes, I'm the. Uh, extroverted extrovert actually I, I took a test recently it's called the working genius and it's the best oh, thing ever this I is not a, this is not an ad um but literally one of the most incredible tests that I've ever taken about like how you work not just like a personality it's it's really like how you produce and and what you do and um at the very end it's one of those tests like when you take these kind of tests, personality tests and stuff and like you get the results and you're like I know that about me but you didn't have to call me out like that, you know, like, how did you know that about me as well? And this test tells me that I am an enthusiastic encourager. And I was like, mm, yeah, well, that sounds fun. Like, yeah. I was literally like, I'm kind of mad that that was my result. Like, what am I going to do with this? You know, yeah. like, where like, would I be able to go? Exactly. Yeah. How do I monetize an enthusiastic <laughs> encourager? Like, I can't be a cheerleader at this point in my life. Yeah. So it's very interesting how this, like, in, in how I've gotten to this point of in the ministry life and, and meeting my husband, having kids. And had you told me 10 years ago that publishing was going to be a part of this, I would have laughed in your face. Like, I've, yeah, that's no, true. Yeah. no, it's not. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's cool how God can literally ordain your steps, but also just kind of bring you to these places where 
you're unsure, but you're ready to take more steps and you're ready to listen. And that's about how I got into this portion of my life. So it's been, it's been really cool. That's awesome. Can you write a book on finding the balance? Um, <laughs> What's the middle ground? No. Uh, <laughs> being a stay at home mom but also being a working mom at the same time. That is, I think, I saw a meme a couple of months ago, and I was like, this is so accurate. It said, this world is not meant to, is not meant for a stay-at-home mom. And then the line right under it is said, this world is not meant for the working mom. Yeah. And I said, that's so accurate. That's I feel like the incredible extremes of both sides that we're either toiling and going to work day in and day out and going, I don't have enough time with my babies. I don't see them enough. I wish I had more time. And then the stay-at-home mom says, I wish I was making more of an impact. I wish I was bringing financial um, security to our family. Like, there's always wish this I could be creative. creative. I could, yeah. yeah, I wish I could get out of the house. I wish I could maybe spend some more money on, you know, my kids or myself. Like, there's always just kind of this thing. Um, and I was actually talking to a friend of mine the other day about this and we were talking about writing books specifically and I told her I said I read a devotional years back before I wrote my first book um, and it said contentment create or contentment breeds creativity and I thought wow that is really um, deep obviously but it's it's mm -hmm. so basic in that you forget it of when you're content and where you're at, when you're saying, God, I'm giving you everything that I do have, even if I am the working mom, even if I am the stay-at-home mom, I'm going to do it as unto the Lord. Mm. I truly think that that is where that creative element, you find time, you find ways yeah. to minister to your kids, you find ways to spend time with your family, and you find ways to find the Lord in you know the two hours a day or the eight hours a day that you're at home mm -hmm. and I think it's just important that women especially and that's kind of my heart too is that moms would remember that they hold such an important place in the home that yeah. they can change a family tree they can impart things to their kids that mm -hmm. a dad can't now there's an entirely different side that the dad brings to this conversation that is so important but moms really are so important for a child's upbringing and, and for their heart and I think a lot of times we just walk around with a lot of guilt every mom mm. battles mom guilt of some not sort doing enough either not doing yes the right thing. Yeah. and that's the thing as well as like the the underlying there is I'm not going to be enough for my kids, for my husband, for my family, for my job. I'm always thinking about the other place. When I'm at work, I'm worrying about home. When I'm at home, I'm wondering if I did enough at work. And so there is just this whole dynamic. Um, but also feeling stretched at the same time. Yes, exactly. I'm not doing enough, but I'm really tired. Also, I yeah. feel like I'm doing way more than what my body can handle. And that yeah. is just... God didn't design us that way. Exactly. Like mm -hmm. this is, this is the fall of man. I mean, yeah, like this is not is. God's is. intention for us. This is not God's best for us. And so it's kind of like one of these things of getting back to the garden, going back to the, that yeah. place where it was rest and it was easy and it was relationship. Um, and I think if we can do as much as we can to get back to that point, things start making more sense and things start becoming more clear. You know, you can yeah. choose the busy life. It, it, it's your choice. But you can also choose to say, 
I'm going to set up this boundary for my family so that I don't have to, um, at the end of the day, think I didn't spend enough time with my kid. And I had the option to, but I made the choice that this is our fence. This is our boundary here. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that most of the time can strip away some of that mom guilt that we often, often deal with. So, yeah, I agree. So tell me more about the publishing side. So (coughs) what, what got you into that? So long story short, um, we actually have a YouTube channel recently and and we had posted um, a video about the history. We have done some videos about the history and kind of where we started and what happened. So my older brother, I'm the second born of six kids. So um, mom and dad um, and then six of us, I'm the oldest girl. I have four brothers and one baby sister. And so we grew up in the ministry. Um, My dad was a children's pastor and now a pastor. he did youth ministry. He's he's just kind of had his hand in, in about all of it. And so I saw the life of ministry growing up. Um, I was embedded in it and I loved it. Um, meetings and uh, events and you name it, we were there every time the door was open. Um, and I know that's, that gives some people like a bad taste, but it was honestly the the root system that I have now. I can trace it back to, you know, the times that we were in church and that my dad and mom were, um, just telling us about the Lord. And so Mm -hmm. I've always kind of had just this soft spot for ministry and, in this type of ministry, Mm -hmm. uh, but especially in children's ministry. Um, I I saw my dad doing that and never knew like what all that was going to look like. But in the 10th grade, I remember wanting to create curriculum, not even knowing like that was exactly what I what I was, I wasn't calling it like, I want to be a curriculum coordinator or create curriculum. It was just like, I want to give resources to people to help them. Like I remember in 10th wow. grade thinking That's like, crazy to that think was what I, grade. yeah, what I wanted to I'm do. Like, what am I eating but for dinner? Even, yeah. But even to that degree, <laughs> like I knew that was what it, what I wanted to do, but I had no gauge on how to mm. do that. Like I mean, there's mm. no one like, okay, in order to be a curriculum creator, you must start a publishing company. But I knew that children's ministry was the vein in which I I was staying. I went to um, Christ for the Nations, a theology school or a um, Bible school right out of high school, came home early, was in this debacle of life of like, what am I doing? Like, where am I going? I have, I feel like I knew what my purpose was, but I didn't know how to get there. Mm. Long story short, I began children's ministry. I was probably 15 and started just volunteering at our local church and then became um, a children's pastor at 21, I believe was when it was, 20 or 21, at my first church. They were wonderful to me um, They and helped me with my growth. My dad was also there, so he was helping me as well, making sure um, I was on the right track and doing all this stuff. And then have been to probably three or four churches as a children's pastor in the last 10 years and I was um it was about six years ago I was pregnant with my firstborn and my oldest brother who's like the entrepreneur of the family he called me and he was like hey I want you to start writing books and I was like what and he was like yeah children's books he said my I want to start this company called Abound Publishing and the idea the premise of it would be that these books would have underlying um themes and spiritual principles biblical foundational truths like all of these things and we can give them to a child and they read this book and then they're empowered they're um 
they're going to have knowledge of mm. who God says they are. They're scripture based. There's all kinds of yeah. things through this book that can point them to the name of Jesus and to the person. Yeah. It's true. And it's like books are timeless yeah. and, and you can never have too many books. And there are other people doing this, but yeah. we think that this is a great part that we can provide resources for the family. So I was simply going to be a contract author. Like I was not involved in the logistics and the business side. I was like, I'll create because that's, that's who I am. That's what I wanted to do. So I did that. We hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And it was just, we were at the point where like, is this what we're supposed to do? Like, this feels crazy that we're, we're still coming up against this thing. Um, and my brother and his family went through, um, an incredibly difficult season and, and he even said like, it kind of put me back onto this path of like, okay, what is, what is it that I want to do in this life? Like I don't have enough time here. This was the, the wake up call or the, the moment that everything shifted the fork in the road and he left what he had known corporate America, Mm -hmm. started his own business, um, legacy homes and land. And just an incredible thing. And God has completely blessed that thing. And he called me and he said, I'm giving you a publishing company. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like we got off the phone and I Googled how to start a publishing company. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Lord Jesus. Trial and error, baby. No idea what this is going to look like. And it's been two and a half years, almost three years of research throwing stuff at the wall, consultation, figuring it all out and going, okay, what does this look like? But we truly do have this same desire as it started that we want to give parents resources. We want to give people good biblical foundational things to help them open up a dialogue with their child. Like that's all we're doing. We're not telling you how to um, teach your kids. We're saying here's an opportunity for Mm. you to open up this book, this resource, this thing and start a conversation with your child. Cause that's important. Those are where the, those are where the building blocks of faith happen. Mm -hmm. You know, when they start asking questions and you start realizing who Jesus is together and then they start thinking on those things like, this is a domino effect. And so that's mm-hmm. our heart in this. And that's how we got into this thing. Um, and it has been a labor of love. Let me tell you, it has been, even on the days that I'm like, I quit. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. This is so difficult. I had no idea business owning would look like this. Mm. And it's just always that thing in my heart of children matter. Children of this generation matter. Um, parents matter. Yeah. And this is truly why I am doing this. And it feels like I'm digging ditches but it is worth it, I feel, and, and I know that there will be fruit from this labor, for sure. Yeah, and really all of, all it kind of wraps into is faith. Yeah, Because, absolutely. you know, that was a leap of faith for you to take yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm kind of going through that, too, where I'm, like, in a mindset of, like, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Like, what, what next steps are you – what do you want – me to do yes and he's like how about first of all how about you just turn your distractions off and just listen to me yeah I might just want you to go for a walk this morning I might just want you to take the day off today yeah and I'm like take the day off how do you do that never (laughs) yes I can't sit still yeah oh yeah so true the Lord's been telling me for like weeks now to take a week off from work and I'm like yeah but like I I got to keep food on the table. I got to pay my no. bills. And he's like, 
but don't you know I do that? Yeah, who's the source? I mean, we've had, my husband and I both, yeah, (laughs) we've both had this conversation of like, what is this source? Like, it's false security of, Mm. you know, nine to five, this corporate feel, this, this, you know, job description that I hold of everyone's always going to need a teacher or a coach or a doctor, all these things. But at any point in time, life can shift, life can change. And what, where are we putting our trust, you know, and, and what does that look like Mm -hmm. on a daily, it's a daily walk and it is, not always easy and it's not always pretty um but again when you're looking at it and and weighing the things out like is it worth it to me Mm. to to stay rooted and anchored in this thing that I've given my whole life to like I've literally been in ministry my entire life and there's been so many times I could have been like nope I'm out like I have every justification in the book but what does that tell about Jesus you know like what does that how does that help people? You know, how does that give me any justification that just because I was wrong or just because it's hard or just because there was something in there that didn't glorify the Lord, why in the world do I get to decide Mm -hmm. based on that one situation that this isn't worth it anymore? When you see these babies and you see these young kids and you see these teens that are grappling for something, they want something real. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I, I know what that is. So I could give that to them. I can be someone in their life that tells them truth Mm. and could possibly change their family tree because they can understand who Jesus is Mm. simply by me being who I'm supposed to be and and listening to the Lord and Mm. not getting in my feels and getting (laughs) into, you know, the, the junk. Yeah, -hmm. totally. So it's, easy to do it's been a process oh yeah it's it's much easier to choose self it's much easier to choose self yeah always isn't it wild how when we take the perspective off of ourselves and turn it on others and what god wants it's like it can totally change your emotions oh 100 like yesterday i'll give you an example yesterday I was telling these ladies that are in this room right now about how it was just a stressful day. There's rain. I don't know if you guys can't hear the thunder. Um, it's raining, thunderstorming right now. Kendi may be able to edit that out, but if not, I mean, you guys are just in the rainforest with us, which actually might be a really enjoyable nice. yeah. podcast to listen to. Grab I mean, I love coffee. rain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need Lisa Harper's voice for this. 100%. So... Yesterday, it was just a lot of, a lot of burden was placed on me for the fact of I had these sessions planned out for months at a greenhouse last night. And, you know, I've been doing photography for 15 years now, and I'm at the point in my career where I can charge a significant more amount than I used to when I first started. So I put a lot of pressure on myself because of the value and the cost that I put on myself now. So when rain comes up, I'm like, Oh boy. All right. How can I keep my clients happy? If it rains, what are we going to reschedule? Like what if the new reschedule date doesn't work for them? What if the greenhouse is booked on that night and I can't switch it? I mean, just all the things, all the things. And really it comes down to me worrying about disappointing people and that shouldn't be my narrative. I've always been a people pleaser, recovering people pleaser. Yes. And 
I'm at this point where I, you know, I'm talking to the Lord and I'm like, look, I'm tired of being a people pleaser. Please tell me what I need to do to get out of this. Am I going to disappoint people mindset? Because that's what's ruining my entire day right now. The fear of disappointing people. And really the clients that I have to deal with and move and stuff, they're wonderful. And they're just like, yeah, like we'll play it by ear, you know, like just figure it out. My fear was that we're going to get there and oh, sirens are going off. Sirens are. I mean, like, Kendi man. is just so excited to edit this podcast. <laughs> Super excited. We've given her all of the hurdles. <laughs> Lord, whatever's going on with this siren, I just pray that you fix it, comfort them if they're sick or if someone's just about to get pulled over and taken to jail. Lord, I just pray that you comfort them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, where was I at? Um, greenhouse, greenhouse disappointment, your people. Yes. Okay. So they were actually really great. And, but my fear was we're going to get out there and it's just going to start raining. Families are already going to be piling in and they've already gotten their kids ready, makeup done. And as a mom, we all understand, you know, how how wonderful picture day is. Yes. (laughs) Everyone's at their best. It it is a very, it's a very stressful. Emotions are high for moms, especially. Uh Uh, And so I'm just like, okay, Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, have them get ready and then them get there and then be disappointed that it's raining and we're having to cancel it completely. But then I'm also like, well, if I cancel these and then it's sunshine, no rain in the forecast. I'm going to be yeah. real mad at myself yeah. because we could have done it and been over with this and all of that. So it's really all about trust when it comes down to it. Yeah. And I think a lot of my, problems with people pleasing comes down to being in this career for so long of having clients which this is in any service industry it's not just photography but you know having those clients that have made you feel this way Mm -hmm. of ones that will be like are you kidding me you're canceling tonight when it's raining did like you know almost as if I've caused the rain yes you know and um I think growing through that is like the Lord has taught me. It's like, you got to think about them. Maybe they are struggling right now. Maybe this yeah. is a lot for them and you just kind of have to put their perspective in your mind. And yes. so anyway, long story short, I am driving out to this greenhouse and it's still sprinkling and I've just had this heavy feeling all day. I also was listening to the audiobook of the Britney, the Britney Spears book. And I'm just going to tell you that I, I do. Heavy think man. Heavy. It's, yeah. It's heavy. And I'm really glad I'm listening to it. Cause I, I just love, I just love listening to people's perspectives. That's why I have a podcast, but listening to it. And I'm a nineties kid. So listening to it, there's just this heaviness, you yeah. know, and I probably should have turned it off earlier in the day and yeah. like, you know, started doing some worship music and stuff to kind of get that stress <laughs> feeling away. But I'm driving and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like just disappointment and fear and stress is just pouring all over yep. me at that point. And it's dark outside and it's raining and I'm finally getting on the interstate and I'm like, you know what? God reminded me that he gave me authority to 
believe and speak life over these things. And if I want the weather to change, he could probably change it for me. And so I'm driving and I'm like, it's not going to be raining in Muldrow when I get in there. It's not going to be raining. And it's going to stop raining for at least two hours so that I can get these photo shoots done. Because Jesus loves me. And, and he, he wants me those people. Yes. Like, yeah, and he wants absolutely. us to be happy and have this photo shoot go through and for me to not be stressed. And I'm just, I mean, I'm praying heaven down in my car. I understand. And five minutes out, the rain stops, the sun comes out and tears just fall down my face. Yeah. And I'm like, why do I worry so much? Why do we forget about God's faithfulness? Yes. Like, yeah, why do I worry I so much? And, and like, even, even if, if, even if it had been raining, yeah. Kelsey Joe, like, it'd be what, okay. okay, God's still faithful. Yeah. Like, and I think we just oftentimes forget. We just, mm-hmm. and, and again, it's like we're shocked when God yeah. shows up and. Well, the devil wants us to forget. Totally. And yeah. distract or busy or whatever, but we are in a place, especially just in our culture, in our Western society, that it's so easy to um, justify disappointment and justify like your frustration with a situation. Not to say that you're never going to get frustrated, Mm. but we take it on as our own. We wear it like a badge of honor. Like, Mm. well, we are justified in this hurt or anything. But then when God does show up, when God Mm. does get us through a season, get us through a night, you know, Mm -hmm. get us through a a two hour window. Mm -hmm. And we're like, well, yeah, okay, cool. But it's not because we are focusing on the faithfulness of God. Mm -hmm. We're just kind of expecting things to fall into place for us Mm -hmm. and look around. Like there's plenty of people in this area, in our friendship circle, in our, in our family, that things are not falling into place for them. Mm -hmm. So how do we how do we remind them and remind ourselves in those times like God is always faithful. God is always good. If that's the theology mm-hmm. of that, we're basing this whole mm-hmm. thing off of mm-hmm. rain or shine. God is good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's, there is nothing more, nothing less. It doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. He only loves me. If this happens, it is the fact that I'm reminded of like the object lesson of, the latter, you know, like mm. our perspective is not God's. It says his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are, are higher than ours, are, be- are different than ours. So why are we shocked? Why are we surprised when God comes through for us? And why are we <laughs> sh- surprised when mm. it doesn't look like yeah. he did? But I mean, his word is true. If it does say, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If it does mm. say, I'm with you, like, we are a culture that doesn't need God. Um, mm. We don't need a savior because mm. we can be our own. And yeah. I think that Very is true. a huge, huge stumbling block for us mm-hmm. is that if we aren't getting the answer that we want, we'll go out and get it ourselves. Right, right. Yeah. If we don't think God's mm-hmm. handling it the way we want him to, I'll just do it. I really didn't need you, Lord. Like, I think I'm <laughs> supposed to need you, yeah. but I don't actually need you. Yeah, and that true. is our 2023 mindset. And it's, yeah. it's, it's hurting the church. I mean, it's hurting Christians. It's, mm, it's it hurting is. our walk with the Lord. Like, it's impeding on mm-hmm. the way we carry ourselves mm-hmm. and the way we tell people and the way we act toward people. Like, yeah. of course, even like with your example last night, 
you wanted these people to be pleased and and to not be disappointed, not even just in you, but in the circumstances. Yeah. But what an opportunity. And I'm not always here, Kelsey Joe. Please don't think like, oh, wow. But listen, what an opportunity to tell the children, to tell the mom, like, hey, listen, I understand unmet expectation. I understand disappointment. But now what we do with that in the face of disappointment, how do we react? Like, do we crumble under the pressure or do we say, Lord, what is this? What am I holding? Mm-hmm. And how do I turn this back to you? Mm-hmm. Do I wallow in it? Because there have been times that I have wallowed in my mm-hmm. self-pity and my disappointment and the frustration of this doesn't look like how I thought it was supposed to look. Yeah. Um, and and then it goes to the point where the Lord's always working on us and, it, and he should be. Like there mm-hmm. should always be growth. There mm-hmm. should always be something happening where oh, yeah. we're every just day. like, okay. <laughs> I Again, new every day. and I was even, yeah, telling my husband the other day, I said, I don't know if it's stretching or pruning or, you know, crushing. moving like crushing. I'm like, this sucks. You know, like mm-hmm. I hate this. And, but at the same time, thank you, Lord, that you care enough about me and the, the words that I'm saying and the ministry that I have in my babies and my home mm. that you are willing to take me to places that I probably wouldn't have gone myself. But he's saying there's growth here and there's opportunity here if you will just lean on me. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was waiting on me to ask pray. him. Yeah. yeah. Ask him. He's like, mm. like, Hey, do you <laughs> I am forget? God of the universe. <laughs> I can turn forget? the rain off yes. whenever I choose to. I can turn it on. Yes. I can make it lightning. Yes. You want to see? <laughs> yeah. Like he is all powerful. And yeah. I know. And I think, and that's the thing is like, we have, we have grown up to this whole idea of a genie in the bottle mentality or, or, um, spiritual journey of, of when I need it, I can ask him for it. But Mm. we're learning right now, um, at our church about covenants. And when I tell you, I have never, ever heard this type of revelation of the symbolism of the covenants that God has with us, Mm. um, with his children through the blood, the salt, the sandal and the marriage covenant and all the things that, are happening in the actual word uh, in the Bible and how it's marrying together and mirroring and talking about the last supper and all these things. And I am like a weeping mess at the end. And I'm like, what? I've never known this. And this is my own father. Like I sit under my father uh, in his leadership at his church and me and a couple of my brothers the other day were like, where was this when we were growing up? Like, and he said, I'm, I'm just now you know, learning this, this. Yeah. like, and we were joking that we've watched our moms and dads grow up too. Like th- this is part of, you know, the growing up is mm-hmm. our moms and dads are doing that too. And I think there's ample opportunity for grace as well as, mm-hmm. as when you are as a child and, and as a grown child and, and finding your way and, and having your own babies and stuff like they didn't get it all right. But I'm so honored to follow their leading and say, you gave me everything that you knew to give me. Um, and you're still growing. There's, you gave me a foundation in the Lord. So mm-hmm. I can take that and I can now go deeper with my children. I can take them to places that, didn't, that took me longer. They can get there faster because mm-hmm. we have this understanding and I, I have this way of being able to speak to them. Mm-hmm. It's different. Like, and that's the generational thing. That's, this is the way God intended it, that you would bridge that gap from generation mm-hmm. to generation because you're imparting this stuff into yeah. the next generation coming up. Full circle, why is abound 
a thing because it is multi-generational. It is not just about the kids. It's about that mom in the depths of despair or in the throes of parenting, reading this book in a row with a hair on the top of her head and going, what am I doing? Like, is this even worth it? And they open up this book, Willie the Tire, and it's to remind them that you are, you have a purpose. Like there is, you have always been this person that God's created you to be and you're in a different season or you're in this next part of life Mm -hmm. and there is a season for everything and you have a purpose in this dynamic. These babies need you right now to tell them about who I am. Yeah. They, They need that. And so, and I think sometimes we just get in our own feelings and in our own mindset that we should be doing more or we should be doing better or we should be further. And God's saying, this is a, this is a a daily walk. Like Mm -hmm. this is daily dying to self. It's, I mean, it's a whole thing. I think there's a lot of, um, adding on to that. I just feel like there's a lot of childhood wounds that, um, keep people from growing totally and believing and doing the things that God wants them to do because, and I'm, I'm not being sexist here. Um, but I feel like it, our men are really struggling with that because there's a lot of fear of rejection and abandonment and, and we're, we're opening up this new world to them of like, you can speak your feelings Mm -hmm. and, and you can tell us what you think and your opinions matter. And they're like, what, how, how do I, how do I do that? I've never been shown. Yeah. Yeah. My, my feelings matter. How, how so? Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's, it's causing a lot of, and I'm just speaking from like the, the nuclear family of like the man and the woman and the kids of just this hurdle that's like in the middle of the family. That's like, you can't do this. You don't know how to do this because we were never shown how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, and now we're trying to change that generation of like compensate. Yes. Yeah. Now we're like, okay, well I don't want to ruin my kids. And, but I also want to give them a really good life and I don't want to stress them out. And, and they can't eat yeah. sugar and no red dye. Yeah. And we also have to take them to the best school ever. And yeah. they can't ever yeah. get dirty. Um, but when they do, they have to go and like, yeah, we gotta chill. Like we do, we gotta chill. We do, we do need to chill. We gotta chill. A but lot. and that's the thing, I love what you're saying as far as like the nuclear family mm. of the dads who hold an entirely different um, burden mm. than the moms, um, who are kind of running the household in the sense of making sure things are in order, and the the husband the provider, the one who comes home and, and mm-hmm. says, here's what I've brought you. But then we've got now the dynamic of the mom and the dad both providing. So now we have yeah. the the preschool or the daycare or the, the in-home care that's also speaking into these children's lives. And so we have, we're, we're developing villages in a way, yeah. but we also feel like it's not enough. Like mm-hmm. at the end of this, we still go to sleep and go, did I discipline them right? Did I do this correctly? Should I have corrected them here? Did I give them enough hugs? Did I'm like, yeah. if the Lord truly is our source, mm-hmm. then we have to believe that the Lord is our source. This is why parenting with the Holy Spirit is one of the most important things that we can do. Yeah. It's I fully agree with you. So 
important because and being able no to hear kid, the yes, Holy Spirit exactly. Yeah, getting yourself into a place where you're not so consumed mm-hmm. with everything else mm-hmm. that you don't even know His voice from another. Um, and that I mean that that takes practice. That takes time. That takes um, application. That takes knowing what the Holy Spirit would would sound like um and i think there's even like it sounds kind of trivial but practices that you can do to to lord help me to know there's sometimes where you know i take a different route like nothing happened i i didn't like not get in a wreck or did get in a wreck because i thought that maybe god was protecting me for something sometimes it's not as big as what we think and sometimes it's the lord says go this way instead of that way because he's just training our ear he's training That's our spirit very true of, very true maybe I just just, need you to hear my voice and obey. You know, it's so important to listen and obey. That's very true. I have those moments sometimes. Totally. Why Why did you tell me to do this? Why do you want me to turn this way? Like, am I avoiding a wreck? Like, why do we have to know the answer? Yeah. Why can't we just trust him? Why can't we just have peace that surpasses understanding? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's so accurate. We have to know everything. We have to know it all because then we might feel like we're in control of it. Yeah. Even though we know that there's probably way less control in our life than... Oh, yeah. what we think it comes down to pride it's so it's mm-hmm. absolutely pride and so it's just it's one of those things of like dealing with the heart is not always fun um and even like you said like childhood wounds and church wounds and trauma that you've experienced growing up or um at, w- when you're in your most vulnerable state even teenagers who they need someone to to count on and they were failed you know like how do you rehabilitate someone in the church or in your small group or as a child how do you how do you navigate that in real time how do you tell a homeless person about Jesus mm. you know because again our western culture has said for so many years god is the god of blessing and they're going i don't i don't have a home yeah. so how do we give hope to people in really 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 hopeless situations how do we pour hope into someone that hope is the furthest thing from their mind. Mm-hmm. We have to know who Jesus is apart from the stuff and the blessing, quote unquote mm-hmm. blessing and the, the feelings. Mm-hmm. We have to know a Jesus mm-hmm. that would go to the cross again. If only one of us chose mm-hmm. him, like that is the gospel, not yeah. this malarkey. Amen. So sorry yeah. of how can I get what I want? Yeah. it's disgusting. I mean, it it truly is. It's a Jesus that I know why people don't want to serve him because you're looking at these people and they're going, my Jesus looks different than yours (laughs) because I don't have what you have and it's works and it's, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, that's not Jesus. And so now it almost feels like this heavy, but meaningful mandate of like Mm. teaching this next generation that are more disconnected and are yeah. more hungry for truth mm. and are more lonely and have higher rates of suicide than any other generation mm-hmm. to go, y'all look like y'all need some hope. Yeah. So how do I give that to y'all? The same kids who are from affluent homes and have every tennis shoe that they've ever wanted and are doting around a, a cell phone. And that's not condemnation on moms and dads that give your kids good things. I'm saying, is that the only Jesus that they know because we as parents don't know how to open our Bible and read to them. Yeah, that's true. It's very true. I had something in my brain and then it just went away. It happens. 
Kinty. I'm always waiting for Kinty to laugh at me. <laughs> she's like my. She's the encourager. She's my validation. Same. She's actually my enthusiastic encourager. So <laughs> I Aww. like having Kinty around. I like having her too. She's the she's best. A sweetie. She is. Going back to kids, uh, you sent me something yesterday about it, it was a offering yes. that you spoke yes. at church. Uh, tell, tell us about that. So um, obviously with children's pastoring and things, I'm, I am seeing a lot in my years. I've been doing this 10 years, um, a little over 10 years, and, and figuring out what do kids need? Like how do I minister the gospel to the kids in my room now? whether that be 10 of them or a thousand of them. Mm-hmm. And a couple of weeks ago, I went to a conference um, for Abound. And while I was there, there was obviously vendors there. And there was a Lifeway vendor. Um, they sell books and all the things. Well, they had children's Bibles. And I called my dad and I was like, can I purchase a classroom set? Um, I, I have to be able to show these kids what they're looking at he was like sure so grabbed a classroom set sit them to me all the things and I get them and I'm opening them up and I'm so excited like I'm just thrilled to be able to show these kids that I knew they were going to be pumped and before I showed them I asked them some pointed questions and um which was what are the red letters in the bible what do those mean um can anyone tell me how to find a scripture in the Bible. If I were to give you something, how would you find it in the Bible? What are the books of the Bible? How many are there? What's the Testaments, old and new? What are those? Um, Can you, and this is a little bit more in depth, but like what's part of the law? What's part of the gospels? What's part of the Torah? Um, Or what's part of the letters? What's part of prophecy? Like, can you tell me anything about this book? Um, Crickets. I mean, absolutely crickets. Mm-hmm. And so it was part of me that was like, I was so heavy on that. And this was before I even... the youth groups too. Same. It's it's same. Yeah. It's the same with the 34-year-olds. We have teens at our church that don't even know the Adam and Eve story. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. so... It's painful. Painful. Yeah. And not in a way of like, oh my gosh, cringe. I know I'm not allowed to use that word. I'm 32. But... <laughs> It's, it's the crunch. Oh my gosh. Cringe. It's the, the state of where did, where did we miss this? Mm. Where did this happen? So I had been praying a couple, it was about three weeks ago. My girls were not at my house. They were spending the night at my mother-in-law's. My husband was watching the Razorback game <laughs> fail. And um, <laughs> I was in my bedroom doom scrolling, man. I was just doing nothing. It was yeah. awful. I'm oh, a ticky talk. And this, I'm fasting TikTok right it, now. I actually deleted it off my phone, but this was super good when? for me. Um, it was probably a week ago. It was it was probably about a week ago, and I'm I like did it during church service on Sunday. <laughs> Literally, I'm I'm that's so wild happy. that you did. I know, and I'm having to like my empty time in uh-huh. the evening. Uh-huh. I'm like reading a book, do something productive. Yeah, not the pretty book. I'm actually reading actually, Ginger I Ginger think, Duggar's book. I think that reading is wonderful we should yeah, all read we, we should. should all read we should. but it's so funny that we both got rid of TikTok we got rid of time. tiktok probably because we needed to a long time ago but in the midst of the tiktok before i'd gotten rid of it um this teacher had come on and he was talking about the education system and saying i'm a seventh grade teacher and these babies don't know how to read mm-hmm. um they don't have a fourth grade reading level they they cannot read past a fourth grade reading level and we are yet passing them 
every year to the point of graduation and then we're sending them into the world and what's going to happen now to them because so we don't have to deal with this them now is exactly then we'll have i to don't deal with them later and not even like i think that teachers are incredible they're they're overrun right. overworked they have no idea right. how to they're not the parent minister they're to the teacher. 30 kids in a classroom yeah. and teach them individually mm-hmm. if they're behind or there's not enough resources so it's heartbreaking but i said in that moment of course we're talking about the education system but this translates to children's ministry when Mm -hmm. i have these kids come back there to my room and they know nothing about the bible they know none of the stories they know the premise of this is a bible Mm. what is in there they could not tell me and i'm going we're at defcon 5 like we are in a real debacle here Mm -hmm. so i got this bible or set of bibles and we have started and remind you the first of this conversation in 10th grade i wanted to do what write curriculum right based on entertainment and fun and what i knew of as children's ministry mind you that's the only thing i knew it was exciting and fun and, and we were telling them about jesus but we we pendulum swing because that's what we do and we went all fun and no scripture we went all entertainment in the 90s of children's ministry as a whole and we said we're going to give you all of these mediums to learn about jesus but we forgot the bible (laughs) we didn't give them this Mm. of course there is outliers in this this is not saying everyone who's been in church and like no one knows the bible i'm saying an overwhelming majority of children do not know enough to go into a hopeless situation and provide hope. But that's the premise of what we're building. Like that's what we're supposed to be doing is pouring courage and hope into the next generation behind us. We're supposed to be modeling this, but there's such a divide with generation to generation and Mm -hmm. even Christian to Christian. We are annihilating our own Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they don't believe the same as us or they don't think the same as us. And instead of us having a conversation, we just keyboard warrior and take them out. And it's like, what are we doing? Mm. And kids are learning with phones, with social media, with all Mm. these things that they can be anyone that they want. Mm. But that doesn't mean that it's actually the truth. It doesn't mean that who they are is actually going to be a productive human in society because no one's showing them how to do that. They don't know how to read past a fourth grade reading level. They build prison systems based on fourth grade reading level. Like we are set up to be in some really bad shape in in about 10 years. Well, they're seeing this facade. Yes. And all they're craving is authenticity. Yes. And we don't. We don't give it to them because we don't know how to do that either. Or we come into children's ministry and we go, I think I have to know everything. Mm, Nope, you don't. Actually, nope. there are many a times that they'll be like, hey, Miss Jessica, can I ask you a question? I'm like, I don't really know, kiddo, but I'll, I'll help you find it. Yeah. We're going to go explore this together. But at the same time, it's not my job to give your child 45 minutes of Jesus a week and that be the only exposure that they yeah, have. That's very true. So from the pulpit, and I'm shaking in my shoes when I get up there, and I have had many a microphones in my days. I have had many <laughs> a times on the stage I have ministered. I am not scared of a microphone. And something had come over me on that day, and, and it had been rescheduled a few times, and it was probably good. Like it, there was just an anointing that morning. It was 
so different mm. and I got up there and I rebuked them and it was like and I don't say that like oh look at me I was like they're gonna boo me off the stage like they are going to be so mad at me for telling them to get their stuff together and I had more parents and more people come to me after and they were like we needed to hear that and there's just this divide of sugarcoating easy mm-hmm. to hear and in truth that we're missing it and the kids know that um and they don't know that they know it but their spirits are are hearing this they and and again my big situation that i'm sitting on now is that these moms and dads who say i'm guilty of it go be a light in the darkness and these kids look at us with empty eyes going how Mm. i don't even know what light looks like. I don't know what this Bible says. I don't know, have any idea what Jesus says about me or himself because we don't know how to read this thing. And parents go, I don't, I don't ha- I'm not that stressed about it because they can get that at church. When I'm telling you, I cannot be the only one. Your children's mm-hmm. pastor cannot be the only one who's giving your babies That's right. truth. That's right. It has to happen at home. And the worst part is that what I'm seeing is these teenagers who are being forgotten because they talk differently than us or they look differently than us or they don't behave the same way that we behave. We behave the same way. We just didn't have social media. Like we did the same dumb stuff that they're doing. We had the same questions. We wanted the same guidance. Mm -hmm. They just have social media. So it's completely a different ball game. And they get to 18, 19 and their parents are no longer making them to go to church. Not even 18 and 19 anymore. And we are going, why are kids leaving the church? (laughs) Well, (laughs) when we look just like the world, Mm -hmm. but for years we've told them that we'll give you a place of hope and restoration and um, joy and all these things. And they come in and they're like, really? This is what I'm coming for? This old, stuffy, disconnected, legalistic, religious junk? Amen. This is the God I'm serving? Yeah, I know. Because we didn't at four tell them. You have not a junior Holy Spirit. You just have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You have the same Holy Spirit that I have. Same. Yeah. And we can hear his voice. You can have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Moms and dads don't have villages. Moms and dads don't have spiritual headship. Or they're choosing to go, I don't want anyone to speak into my life. Where does that break down at? In the home. Because nobody wants to see their convictions. No one wants to say, I screwed Mm. this up. Again, Mm. we're talking about an overwhelming majority. We're not talking about everyone in this dynamic has said, I don't want to. There are absolutely people out there getting help, getting restoration. They're getting the things that they need. Go, do it, good. You are not going to be perfect. You're Mm. never going to get it all right. But make the stride, make the step, try Ask your children's pastor, if anyone is in here going to local church, which is so important, ask your children's pastor, what are you teaching that I can help at home? What can I be reading at home that you're already implementing so it's easy for me to keep up and not feel like I'm asking them, what'd you learn today in church? And they said, nothing. We ate some snack. We played. Well, of course they did those things, but like what else? Yeah. We had those little wafer crackers in the (laughs) nineties. So good. (laughs) Chocolate man all day. But those are some of the best days of my life. But I also remember the object lessons and the things that were said and all of, and I missed some for sure. Cause Mm. I'm a child, but those seeds were planted. It's so important but we're complicating the heck out of this thing 
and it it's so not complicated it's going I'm going to be obedient to my father as I father these kids I'm going to be obedient to my father as I mother these children and say not my will but your will yeah not my issues Mm -hmm. but you're creating a clean slate for us Mm -hmm. I have done it wrong up until then now I have a 14 year old and so what do I do now you can start now with a 14 year old you can start now it's it's not you can you can reconcile with a 20 year old you sure can you can reconcile with a 32 year old old and say you know what yeah I am so Mm -hmm. sorry that I did not give you what you needed Mm -hmm. but from here on out because my life has changed and we are very busy and we are very hurt and we are so consumed with ourselves that we forget that there are people in this congregation that we sit in and there's people in this world, there's people at work that we sit right next to that does not know Jesus. Mm. And we can be their family too. Totally. If That's kind of something that he just dropped on me five seconds ago is that even if we don't have the family like the, yes, the bloodline the actual family. structure of the family yeah yes. the church that's why the church is so important the local church is yeah. important if i yes. can say nothing more like mm-hmm. the overall census of this is church is yeah. important and i understand that people come and they're like never will we embark on that journey again never but i would also caution the ones that have had their hearts turned away from that and they say well, I love Jesus I just hate the church y- you you can't yeah. <laughs> you yeah. you can't it's impossible. and it's even to the to the degree and I heard it once said and I was like ah like like pricked me so mm. not great but great that I love Jesus but I don't love his word mm. ouch like okay yeah. so now church trauma isn't quite yeah. the same you can't cherry pick the it, word it's true yeah. yeah and that's it not to negate like and that's what I was talking to someone the other day like this is not to say like I said you know church hurt is most of the time selfishness masquerading mm-hmm. as realism like mm-hmm. it's this idea that oh, well they hurt me and therefore instead I'm going to protect myself and that's noble throwing the baby a noble out with the a noble cause to not do yeah. that again and I'm not talking about an abusive situation where toxic leadership that breeds power and authority in an, in a demonic way like mm-hmm. there is a definite difference between I got my feelings hurt and I was abused in a way that was not Jesus like mm-hmm. and I think that's one thing too is people think well when I go to this church because I've been hurt previously under a really, really demonic way, mm-hmm. I'll never be able to. I think there's an entirely different realm of healing that comes from that when we're ready to go, okay, that was at the hand of someone and mm. not the hand of the Lord. That's exactly um, what I was thinking was that you can't put your trust and in people. It's and, hard yeah. because again, there there's this whole dynamic of people that saying, well, like you're supposed to be acting like Jesus. And it's like, well, yeah, for sure. But are they Jesus or are they just a, a image of Jesus and they're going to fail? They're going to get things wrong. People are going to let you down. They're 100%. Even, even your best friend that's in part the entire of world loving. is going to let you down. Yes, that's yeah. part of, of having a relationship. That's part mm-hmm. of being in love and loving others is right. you're sticking your neck out on the line and going, I'm willing to potentially get hurt 
now where I think the breakdown is of that is not two people coming together and saying, hey, this is what happened. And, you know, please don't speak to me that way or this was an issue. And it's more or less like this is a wedge. Now we're breaking this and saying we don't want to be friends anymore. We're hurt. We're moving on. We're telling our other people on the way out. And so now they're leaving the church and they don't have any relationship or kinship to anyone. So mm. there's nepotism. There's this. There's like all of this bleh, that kind of meshes together into this mm-hmm. one thing when in scripture it says grab two people, go to the person, apologize. If that doesn't work, then next steps like. If we love Jesus, but don't love his word, it's easy for us to leave the church and leave with trauma and leave with hurt. But if we love his word, we say, I don't really want to grab two people and come and offer, you know, apologies and, and forgiveness. But if I love his word, that's what his word tells me to do. Yeah. And I'm having to drop a lot of pride, but it's easy to say, well, I love Jesus. I just don't love his people. Well, you, you can't. You can't. Now, there's frustration. <laughs> if you've been in ministry for any time at all, <laughs> where, where there are ox, there is, and I'm pretty sure that's scriptural, yeah. there is some poo-poo. Yeah. And so you have to deal with poo-poo. Some fresh poo-poo. Fresh manure. Mm, I love ministry. It's so good. It's, it's literally amazing. the only reason I'm still here is because... I have seen the faithfulness of my parents and my grandparents mm-hmm. who could have mm-hmm. easily left out. Yeah. <laughs> and for good reason too. Right. And when I tell you like for good reason, um, I'm telling this story because I want you to understand that like for it, girl. it's fantastic. Good on time, um, my parents were, we lived in a different state. This is not anywhere around here. Don't be thinking that y'all are going to figure out who this is. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, everyone loves a good church hurt story. But my parents, I was young. I was like in the second grade. And um, we lived in a different state. And uh, my dad was the youth pastor there. Uh, I think he might have been children's pastor. I kind of blanked out on some of it. And he all, and he'll tell you, like, if you asked him. like are so, I know. I'm you know? so old. I'm feeling it. Every morning when I wake up, snap, crackle, and popping. Um, we were in a tiny little apartment and he'll tell you like it was so bad pizza it was not the holy spirit god did not have his hand on this one at all <laughs> he was waving the flag like get out of there and they pizza. went anyway because he said like my pride sent me to this this place because i wasn't wow. about to say like, no i missed it or just kidding mm-hmm. that's not what god said or maybe god was just seeing if i would listen mm. and then said hey don't so anyway we get there it was the worst six months of are being um it was absolutely horrible I didn't know it like they did a great job of covering us and the kids because there was five of us at the time like absolutely did not know it was so horrible I thought living in a two-bedroom apartment was fun okay (laughs) fun capital fun so the week that they there was a whole debacle in the church there was um accusation of theft the secretary was like no all the money is here like what are we talking about they were just looking for anything it was a it was a horrible horrible situation well they recorded i mean it was on cassette tapes but still they recorded all the sermons um every week and all this stuff well the one that like we left and the week later like no one got any kind of closure from my parents like it was a really terrible situation um 
and they left. We moved back home. We had not, like, we moved in with my grandparents because my dad was like, where in the world? Like, what are we doing? Let's move back. And it was just where we landed. Mm -hmm. And we had several people from the congregation call them the next week and tell us that, well, it wasn't recorded. Oopsie. They forgot to record this one. Right. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And the pastor had said that to the congregation, mind you, that my dad had the spirit of Lucifer and my mom had the spirit of Jezebel. Wow. And what an it accusation. Was, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like right then and there, mm. I can puff up my feathers and cross my arms and say, how dare you? Yeah. I can't believe that you would say this. And if God was good. And not recording he it. Would have, yeah, I know. I was like, man, maybe it was probably good that we didn't have it recorded to, you know, stew on and go back through. Yeah, that's true. But at any point in time, my parents could have been like, deuces I'm not doing this no more Mm -hmm. and they didn't like they didn't now there was times later in life that we we had just been annihilated man like I cannot even think of a better word like it was just just get that rug right out from under us and all of us just crumbled and guess Mm -hmm. what God preserved every one of us my dad who was like I am so over this I can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. God still preserved him. Like he's in ministry now when he could have just sat down and said, I'm done. Yeah. Ministry is no longer what I'm doing. I'll go and do anything different. And it was some really hard times. I was a teenager. My oldest brother was going to college. There were six of us living at this home. Mm. There was hurt. There was, it was dark. Like Mm. it was really difficult because we all knew the truth. Like we knew what we were supposed to be doing, but there was a point where it was like, you know what? This isn't, that wasn't God, (laughs) you know, that, that situation wasn't Jesus. But the best thing about Romans is that he can turn all things for Mm -hmm. good, even in the midst of our hurt, even in the midst of that pastor or that leader or whomever treating us with disregard or or never a wasted there's never Mm -hmm. a time where god says i can't redeem it um and even just the revelation of if he calls himself the redeemer Mm. then there must be something that needs redeemed Mm. if he calls himself the comforter yeah and there's going to be a time that you're gonna need comforted yeah if he calls himself that's some crazy that was weird wind (laughs) Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Are you speaking? <laughs> if he calls himself Jaira, the provider, mm-hmm. then there probably is going to be a time that we have to rely on him to provide. And mm-hmm. I think we forget that the so many names. names of God translate to the things that he is to mm-hmm. us, not just for us. Like he is those things. He is peace. He's not just Jaira, a Emmanuel. Yes. Yeah. He's not just mm-hmm. going to give us peace. No, he is yeah. the place of peace. Mm-hmm. And church trauma is easy to forget that. I've been through it myself. Like there's been many a times, justifiably times. so. Yeah. I'm like, Psh, why in the world am I doing this? Why? I'm ready to get hurt again, Lord. You know, like, I mean, putting myself in these yeah. situations, but at the same time, like, Lord, if there's a kid here and I have to go through some weird, you know, principal's office situations, Mm -hmm. or I have to sit through some 
accusation of my like and again there's this point where you go okay this is my line I'm not going to just be berated but this is why Holy Spirit is so key this Mm -hmm. is why walking with the Holy Spirit to go now go now Mm -hmm. or no you know don't defend yourself okay do these things say these things set in motion this next thing but if we never look at the word and we don't know actually what the word says, mm-hmm. and we only rely on the Holy Spirit, mm. there's going to be a um, an imbalance. Right. And so there has to be spirit and truth. That, right. That this great marrying, that, that's, the, that's the heart of the Father, is right. spirit and truth. Right. It's true. It's got super deep. Man, that we did. We like dove right on off of there. <laughs> Straight into the deep. Yeah, but it, but it's good. I mean, and it's what people need to hear. Uh, I, I feel like most of my audience, uh, this podcast audience, is women our age. Yeah. And I think that it needs to be said just because of the world that we're living in right now, the society, the economy, the pressures of the world. Yeah. There's just a lot of things um, crushing us. Yeah. We feel like we have to be everything to every person right yeah. right and and that there's always I feel like there's always a lesson out of the crushing seasons mm-hmm. because now we're going to come out of this knowing exactly what we need to do yeah and we're still in that crushing season I can still feel it it's very crushing <laughs> have you ever heard have you heard the sermon from T.D. Jakes about the crushing of the grapes Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's powerful yeah. about you have to crush the grape in, it, in order for it to turn into wine. Yes. Yeah. Like there is a point in this crushing and it mm-hmm. says I'm crushed, but not destroyed. Right. It says it in yeah. his word. Like we have to know this thing. It says in suffering, it builds character, character yeah. builds does. perseverance. It perseverance does. does what it, it, builds hope Mm -hmm. like that's the premise of this whole thing the hope of glory the holy hope the only hope the hope that jesus is who he truly says he is yeah and we have to start living that out yeah versus just you know saying and and i can i can um speak for myself just in the fact that you know we all know i'm not perfect I'm very open about my imperfections. Totally. Me too. I, yeah. And because I think, I think sometimes we tend to look at people that have any type of, you know, ministry leading or or anything like that. Where we're like, they're perfect and they never, they never have any seasons of doubt or seasons of They know how to do this so much better. No. And I'm like, literally yesterday (laughs) I was so down uh-huh. of just worrying about uh-huh. the ins and outs of me dropping kids off. What time do I need to be here? What is the rain yes. going to stop? Are my clients yeah. going to be mad? I mean, just all the things you could pile on. Uh-huh. And he did remind me on the way there was like, you know, I don't always like to say this to people because it can, um, it can honestly kind of not be good, but it can always be worse. Yeah. And I, that, that always goes into my mind because like, I know people that are in the hospital with their children right now. And it's like, I'm so thankful that my kids are healthy Mm -hmm. and they're whole and they're with their dad right now and they're safe. And I could be in a totally different scenario Mm -hmm. 
but I have my faith and I have my hope. Yeah. If the worst comes to worst. Yes. Am I still okay? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, if that's the hope, if I I prayed for the rain to stop and the rain didn't stop, I would still be here. Mm -hmm. My kids would still be here. The families that were going to go to the photo shoot would still be here. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to be fine. Yes. It's just that molding and growing with the Lord. And it's a process. Oh, yeah. It's still a daily process for me. Yeah. But that's ultimately what has grown me into the person that I am today because it was it was quick for me to go, Kelsey, you know what to do. Yep. And if it would have been maybe even six months ago, it might have not been that quick. Yes, that's right. totally a testimony. And you know what I did after that? I shared it on my Instagram yeah. story because those are just moments where I feel like if I don't share, what if that was the what if that was the whole reason was to give someone some hope today of like to, to God can them. change the weather exactly. for me. Yes. And he cares about yeah. you. Like he does. Even he the cares small about things. you. Yes, and he does. Even when we're in the place of like there's no way he could mm-hmm. care about us because mm-hmm. of our circumstances, our dilemma, our mm-hmm. you know, the past season that we've been in, like if God cares about me, then mm-hmm. why am I here? Mm-hmm. Or since God cares about me, he hasn't left me here. Right. Like it says in Psalms 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm-hmm. I will fear no evil. Like it doesn't say even though I stay in the valley of shadow of death, there is a walk. motion yeah. <laughs> that sometimes, and I remember in one of the churches of hurt and, and it was, deep seated and it was my own it was not on the coattails of my parents who I've I've witnessed them in church hurt and trauma it was I was experiencing this I was the line of target I was in the the middle of this Mm. and I remember my dad I was not married at the time and so he kind of took that headship for me and he then went with me to meetings or any kind of situation how blessed you are yes honestly like and that's the thing is I hate saying like oh my dad is so wonderful but because I know that's not everyone's reality but there is that spiritual headship that find it you know like Mm -hmm. pray it in ask the Lord to give you a healthy pure non-motive seeking father figure in your life because it's absolutely necessary in this village to have someone who can speak over to you in a way that's loving and kind but truth and he said to me this feels like something you're gonna have to walk through like immediately I'm thinking like Lord take this away from me I don't want it anymore oh like relieve this from me and I remember him saying you're gonna have to walk through this and I even remember him saying at the end you've walked well my own flesh and blood like you have walked well I stumbled. I fell. There was a lot of stuff in there that I wish I would have done differently. I had to eat some crow. I had to send apologies. Like I did a lot of things in that church that I wish I wouldn't have. But I think I did a lot of things that I would do again. And the Lord was strengthening me. Mm. But you walked well. Just learn to walk well. Mm -hmm. And you're good. Doesn't mean you have to finish the marathon first place. It means you have to finish. It means you Mm -hmm. go through the valley and on the other side, he prepares a what? A table before you in the presence of your enemies. Mm-hmm. Not flesh and blood. The enemies that tried to take you out. Mm-hmm. I can dine with them because I know who's sitting at my table. Right. You, you, um, you shared the Psalm scripture. 
And at the end of that, I think, was I talking to you about this first, Kendi? Okay. So at the, a lot of people, um, and I do it myself, but we we leave out the your rod and, and staff, staff. They comfort me. Yikes. Okay. That I, hurts. Okay. <laughs> I don't want your rod to comfort me. <laughs> Well, I, I, so can't, I can't remember if it was a devotional or what, uh, or a sermon, <laughs> but they went into, you know, the, the depths of the word, the word, the word behind rod and staff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, the Hebrew meeting and all of that. And rod, when it came down to it, rod was a word for, uh, protection, conviction, correction, correction yeah. of whenever, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know that this is not. This is not the way. You can do better. Yes. You know, there's two definitions for encourage, right? We have always taken it as, oh, give me some of this great, insightful thing. Encourage means to put courage into or to rebuke. Oh. Ouch. Yeah. So when I say I'm encouraging you, that's the thing, though, is I'm encouraging you because I care about you. And I'm saying, do better because you can. Mm -hmm. And I know that you can. And encouragement has always been, you've got this. Go, girl, go. It's great. You're going to be a boss, babe. And sometimes it's, you need to stop. Yeah. You need to do better. Yeah. Because you are capable. You need to look around. And you need to gain some heaven perspective. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't oh, like, no I don't like does. your rod and your staff comforting me. Yeah. Okay. Because then your pride's like, mm, okay, I knew that. I feel teeny weeny. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for caring about me. But I really don't want to see you for about three to five business days. <laughs> I'm going to go so home true. Sulk. Yeah, I'm going to pretend like I'm cool, but I'm definitely going to cry when I get in my car. <laughs> That's I'm probably going to be mad at you for a little while. And I, if I don't reach out to you, I'm fine. I'm fine. I know. Yeah. And that, I, I hate it too space. when it's from my husband who's so encouraging. And I'm oh. like... Well, I have to live with you, okay? And I know he's always right. I hope he doesn't listen to this so he doesn't hear that. He's definitely going to. And he'll just have this on. He's going to take this clip out and then remind me later that I said (laughs) he's always right. But he really is. He's been, he has been encouraging of like, hey, like, and this, that's kind of the give and take of Mm. this whole relationship with he and I. Like yesterday, I was pouring courage into him. Um, And I told him at the end of this conversation, I said, if faith were easy, everyone would do it. Mm-hmm. unfortunately mm-hmm. <laughs> but it ain't and we're in the midst of like it looks good on social media and that's what we are laughing we're like we kind of feel like we have to be on social media because of the nature of our businesses and, and being that online presence but everyone's like oh my gosh it looks like you're doing so well I'm like does it does it look that way <laughs> I'm glad it looks that way so thankful <laughs> but we're struggling yeah. okay <laughs> we do not have it all together and yeah. We're in a place right now where we're like, okay, Jesus, it's just you and I here in what feels like the wilderness, but it's fine. Um, and I told him when we quit our jobs and I said, Lord, if you take me into the wilderness, mm-hmm. as long as you're there, I'll go. Yeah. Wherever you go, I'll be. But I don't mm-hmm. want to go to the promised land without you. Yeah. It's not worth it to me. Yeah. I don't want go. heightened influence and platforms and all this stuff mm-hmm. because one ick and two if you're not there mm-hmm. then it's me right and then the fall is much harder yeah yeah I'm 
just me is very, very, very weak. It is not good. Yeah. Very, yeah. very weak. And I can't go that far with right. just me. Like, yeah, yeah. My, my reach is only so far. Right. And yeah, like it's important to remember that in the wilderness, if he's there, do walk well. Mm-hmm. Walk well. That's very good. So to round this out. Man. I know it's like, what did we what even did talk we even about? Talk like, what's about? the title going to be? That's literally what my, it's been in my head. I'm like, okay, kids ministry. We've done it all. Uh, publishing, faith. Yeah. The Box of Chocolates <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you just A never little bit of get. everything. Yes. So with publishing, so say for someone that was interested in writing a book, what, what should they do? So easy steps would be um, finding, oh, write. Okay, mm-hmm. I have so many people that they're like, hey, I have a book. And I'm like, can you send me the manuscript? And they're like, well, it's in my head. And I'm like, no, <laughs> we can't publish that. Okay, <laughs> we love that idea, but no. Right. Um, and we even actually, to shameless plug, we have a YouTube channel, Abound Publishing, and we have done a webinar, a writer's webinar, free to you, to the viewer. And it's four episodes that you can find out, like, what do I do? Am I a writer? What's next? How do I find an editor and a, and a person that I need illustrator, a, a publisher, all these things. And then am I ready for this? Like, am I ready mm. for this next step? Am I ready for this investment? Whatever it may be. But, and I say, and this is so like Christiany, but like you need to sit down and write and ask the Lord, okay, what is this thing? Because here's the thing. You can write a book about non-spiritual thing and find a publisher. It's very difficult to find a traditional publisher um, because it's just a hurry up and wait. But when you're, writing about things that whether that be your memoir your testimony children's book scriptural reference anything like that mm-hmm. find someone that can advocate with you and for you and and is going to be there through the process like that's kind of what we've taken on is is we're more than a publishing company we're an advocate for authors and for illustrators and for the reader um, because we want them to understand that this is for you like of course we want volume and sales and and we want people to know about us but it's about your story and you being able to say those things in in a way that is um, people want to purchase and things so if you have a book (laughs) write it that is the first step and that's the hardest part the hardest part about being an author is writing plain and simple so get get some time get some goals get some some etched out timing and you sit down in 20 minutes a week that's fine or 5,000 words a week set yourself reasonable goals and write and then after that have someone read it that is unbiased and then reach out to a publisher and say hey I have this thing and be ready that they say not yet because we are always working on so many things that when you reach out, it's probably not going to be like a wide open schedule. So be okay with you saying, okay, I'm going to sit on this and wait until the moment is right. Keep reaching out, you know, not bugging, but remind, edge, push, because we forget. Um, publishing is so much more than being rich quick off of your book. It is a huge investment of time and energy and resources to go is this the best thing that it could be right now? Yes. Okay. Now let's get it out there, market it, all those things. So write the book. That's what I tell everyone. Actually write it. And then the ones that do be vulnerable enough to let me see it and, or your editor or another publisher and let them speak into that book. 
yeah. that's on the webinar too. Like, am I ready to take constructive criticism? You know, like, am right. I at the point where I can have someone speak into this and go, it could be better in this area without going, what? I can't believe you. How dare you? And so that's, there's a lot of things. There's a growth mm-hmm. process in the publishing world too. It is not for the faint. Yeah, I could see that. Well, how, how can people get in contact with you? So you can find us on socials. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook under Abound Publishing. We have a website, aboundbooks.com. The wonderful Abound web designer, Brian Jernigan, my husband, actually did it. And so if you need a website to shameless plug, you can also reach out to him as well. Right on. Um, we're all in this together. But aboundbooks.com. And if you are involved in preschool or school and you or church and you say hey I would love for you to come and share with us contact us info at aboundbooks.com they can get straight to me or someone on our team that will answer them and be in communication because we want this to be more than just a quote publishing company we want this to be a place where people can find help and resources that they're looking for yeah and go ahead and plug your church um, we attend Jubilee Church. We're in Van Buren, Arkansas. There's also a YouTube channel. So if you're not local, this area, or even, listen, if you're plugged into a wonderful church and you love it, please stay. Don't come over there because, you know, you get upset. <laughs> Work through your stuff. But watch. Like, we have the covenants I was talking about earlier. We have them on YouTube. Mm. The blood, the salt, the sandal, and the marriage. There's a couple of them that have parts one and two. If nothing else, go and listen and read the Bible in a completely different way. You will see so many things differently, and it yeah. is so good. So Jubilee Church VB, Van Buren, is our church and our um, Facebook, so you can find us at all the things. And I believe our Wednesday nights are on Spotify. So all that, but you oh. can find us all on Facebook to, to get to those yeah. um, different places. Look at you guys putting all your stuff That's out also there. my husband, who I'm, like, so proud of. And I'm like, you're such a great media man. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm an amateur, but I've been so proud of him because he's just. So you got to do that now with church. Learn, I know. Yeah, you got to be Which online. stinks, but you, it's true. Like, that's through your first interaction with people is. It is. The online. Before base. I go, yeah, sometimes oh, before I go always. to church, I will watch a yeah. sermon just to, like, like, like if we're out of town what happens. or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, do, do we, I want to do, do we this? align with this church? Do they believe in <laughs> the Bible? All of the Bible. Am I going to be scared? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All of it. the entire Bible. Like, that is necessary. Like every, every book, every chapter. The like, begats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Acts. Oh my you goodness. Know? Yeah, all that of it. One, that one, that big that's one, a, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Love it. That's awesome. But yes, you can find pretty much anything. We're, we're an open book, so. Awesome. Well, thank you. Jessica J. Thank for you. Coming on here. Kelsey J. H. H. I mean, I could just say J. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you for having me. No, it was you. wonderful. I love to talk. So I do too. We make so, a great pair. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Hopefully, we didn't totally bore people. Kendi, was it okay? Okay. Thumbs up. We got a thumbs, thumbs up, up from, from Kendi. That's good. All right, guys. Thank you. Keep seeking Jesus. Follow Abound Publishing. Follow Jubilee Church. Follow Picturing Purpose in Jesus' name. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.
Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like more information on this podcast, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Picturing Purpose Podcast. Find us on Anchor as well as every major streaming service. If you are excited for this journey and want to see this podcast thrive, there are many ways you can help. The most simple thing you can do is by leaving a five-star review on your streaming service of choice. Reviews help podcasts so much. Another easy thing, anytime you see a post from the Picturing Purpose Podcast social media pages, please comment, like, and share. This generates a bigger audience and brings more listeners. You never know, one of your friends may need to hear an encouraging word. I need daily motivation myself. Last, but definitely not least, if you want to see this podcast fulfill its purpose, your donations are incredibly appreciated. Keeping the podcast up and running is an extra cost I have taken on and will continue to do as needed. I know that God will always provide because this podcast is His. Not only will donations go to the making of the podcast, but Picturing Purpose will be blessing a portion of its monthly earnings to people in need. Whatever God puts on my heart is where the money will go. There is no donation too small, and you can also set up reoccurring payments. Even $5 a month would be super helpful. If you are unable to donate, your prayers are powerful. Please pray for this podcast and that it continues to serve its purpose and spread the love of Christ. Our hope is that Picturing Purpose is an encouragement to anyone that needs it and that we create strong, confident, and motivated disciples. Thank you for your support.